So what are you afraid of? Spiders. Snakes. Kidnappers. Um, the dark. Heights. Losing my vision. Octopuses. Drowning. Clowns. So what are you afraid of? I'm afraid of roller coasters. Getting hit by a car. I'm afraid of drunk people. Bunnies. Butterflies. Avery. Dying. The unknown. I'm afraid to be afraid. I'm, I'm afraid of failure. Disappointment. So what is the definition of fear? It's the bad feeling you get when you're in a dangerous situation. Um, when there's something so big you think you can't handle it on your own. Oh, I just say it? What's the definition of fear? Um, something that continually scares you. <laughs> As autumn is now in full swing, we have brought cool weather, warm colors, and hot drinks. We have brought yoga pants, boots, and sweaters. We have brought holidays, pumpkins, and scary stories. In this episode of We the Young People, we dive into the folk tales and modern stories of fright in everyday people's lives. Chapter 1. Alaska. Lutheran South student Anna Renner had been going to Alaska for many years with her church group, when this year she started experiencing some spooky occurrences. Hello, so I've been going to Alaska for four years, um, and there are these stories about a little ghost girl who I never really truly believed until this past year. Um, we have heard stories of where the little girl runs around the building. They have a handprint on the glass window. Um, at one st one point, uh, two of our guys went into the bathroom. Uh, one of them saw a face on the door and thought that was strange. But as soon as they walked through the door, all of the toilets flushed. Okay, and then that night, they were telling ghost stories. Um, and they saw a shadow run across the, the hallway, like through the door. They're like, wait, what's happening? And um, then they continued the stories, and then it ran the other way. And as soon as she passed by the door, one of the dudes that was sleeping sat straight up and projectile vomited. Uh, <laughs> that one was scary. Um, there's also stories of the villagers. One little girl was playing tag with her friends, and at one point she ran far enough so she stopped, but, so, but nothing was around her and something had pushed her as if, like, the little girl was trying to play tag with them. We have seen a rocking chair rocking by itself. Nothing's there. She likes to hang out in the uh, special ed room. And um, there's another story of a, a little boy who they had a lock-in at the school, and uh, they were playing hide-and-seek, and he was searching for everyone, and he went down to the cafeteria. He's the only one in there, and he saw, like, a ghostly figure of a little girl dancing on one of the cafeteria tables, which was super weird. But uh, um, another story is um, of one of our – two of our members on the team who are my age. They went out to go – take a shower, and on their way back, they tried to get into our hallway, but the door was locked. And so they tried knocking on the door, and every time they knocked on the door, a radio crackled, and then there was a little girl laugh. Every time they knocked on the door, the same exact laugh. 
Um, and then on our way out from the village this past year, uh, we had some visitors, and there was a little girl who is about three years old, and she came up to us, and she was like, do you see that up there? And we're like, what? Like, there's nothing there. It was a glass door that goes two stories. And she's like, do you see that? The little girl. And we're like, no, we don't see anything. And so she saw a little girl because they say that uh, little kids can see paranormal activity. Despite the stories told by the villagers, she never truly believed them until she experienced some for herself. At one point, I got sick. And so, like... um. It was the year after that one guy had gotten sick with the vomiting. At one point, we felt like it got really cold. And then I, like, had thrown up. And it got, like, like, and I only threw up one time. And then that night, um, since it's Alaska in the summer, the sun never goes down. Um, It stays there, like, throughout the whole day and night um and so we took a time lapse of it and you can see we scrolled through the time lapse you can see the door opening you can see a shadow of legs and then at one point you can see just a face in the reflection from the camera to the window you can see a face is just standing there so she was basically in our room like the entire night and I got sick from it, so. Despite the ghost girl, Anna and her church group return to the same town in Alaska every year. But in the eyes of the townspeople, the story of the ghost girl will live on forever. Not only have our students had run-ins with the paranormal, but so have our teachers. <laughs> Chapter 2. The Demon. Hello, and I am joined here today with our fellow friend and teacher, Mr. Gilbert. Hello there. So, Mr. Gilbert, um, this month's episode for We the Young People is centered around October and Halloween and all things scary. So, I heard that your brother had a very interesting supernatural experience. Yeah, no, not my brother. Uh, my twin brother, actual. Um, yes. but, but, sure. Uh, th- yeah, this was a while back, uh, and he, he told me this story, and I, I was a bit a bit perturbed by it. Uh, it's, a, it's a disturbing story. It's a true story. I'm not making this up, uh, as I do make up many things. Um, but he was a, a young man uh, in, in, in studying uh, collegiate studi- studies at Northern Illinois Universidad. Uh, that's in DeKalb, Illinois. <laughs> okay. And... Uh, and he was, at this time, he was a you know, junior or senior year, so he was living with a group of guys in an apartment uh, off campus. And, you know, you, you were used to strange sounds in the middle of the night and, and activities uh, into the wee hours and things of this nature. Uh, but this one particular night, uh, he, was, he was resting. He was sleeping. <laughs> he had his eyes closed physically. Uh, and he awoke uh, to strange happenings. I uh, heard loud banging uh, that, that woke him up and the clanging of pots and pans. So he, he starts walking around the apartment. You know, he's looking to see what, what's the cause of this, which one of his you know, you know, uh, dog-headed roommates has done something uh, egregious to, to make this calamity 
uh, happened. Uh, and he finds that no roommates are physically present, and there's no evidence of any roommates being physically present in the past, we'll say, 47 minutes. Uh, and uh, so he's, he's kind of like, oh, that's kind of weird. And he goes into the kitchen, okay, and there he finds his cookware has been arranged in geometrical pattern, if you will, uh, in, in some sort of almost bozo bucket motif uh, of a line of pots within pots making a line in the kitchen. Uh, he confronted his, his roommates about this, and they were, you know, you can tell when people are messing with you and when they're not, and, and they said, no, dude, you're being weird, nothing happened. And so uh, it was a demon. A demon uh, is most likely the, uh, the creature that uh, decided to put those pots in that order. And it, it physically scared him, uh, and psychosocially, too, I might add. So were his roommates super freaked out, too, at this? Well, his roommates uh, probably not as in tune with the spiritual uh, and the occult. <laughs> okay, uh, My brother's not a, you know, some sort of Wiccan by any means, but he understands that spiritual warfare is a real thing. And so yeah, that, uh, for sure. Yeah. So he didn't see it. He just heard he it go down. didn't see it. He heard he it happen, it. went out. He saw it. He saw the result. The demon's like, I'm the one who's going to get you, you know, <laughs> and uh, that's not great. No. Yeah. What would you do in this instance? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, that's not his only demonry story, um, but uh, yeah, I, the, I haven't been uh, attacked by demons, uh, yeah. which is a blessing. I guess the only thing you can do is call in the name of Jesus. That's, that's yeah. all you can do. Your okay. poor brother, I feel yeah. like he was violated. So yeah, well, the demons don't really respect people very much. No, <laughs> it's it's, they it's don't. not in their playbook. Um, <laughs> they're kind of selfish creatures, mm-hmm. yeah, wanting <laughs> all men to suffer. That's pretty cool. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Well, thank you for this insightful interview. Sure. Yeah, and blessings, everybody. <laughs> thank fan of scary stories, you may be familiar with the book, Scary Stories After Dark. Our South Pod students have brought one of these folktales to life in this next chapter. Chapter 3, The Scarecrow. There was an old farmer in Arizona who owned the best farm in all the area. Everybody said his crops were the best and people came from all over to buy their goods from him. Whenever people asked him, How are you able to grow such good quality crops? The old farmer would always say, it's all down to his scarecrow. That old scarecrow is the one I have to thank, the farmer said. He makes sure no crows or critters or pests come near my crops. The old farmer had built the scarecrow himself, and it was a fearsome sight. He spent months working on it and making it scary as possible. He knew how important it was to keep pests away from his crops, so he gave it enormous straw arms that stretched about six feet and big, long legs that made it look like a tree. But the scariest thing about this scarecrow was its head. The farmer carved it himself from a huge pumpkin. He spent countless days and nights perfecting his design until it was perfect. The scarecrow's face was so grotesque and ugly that even he was sometimes scared to look at it. But it was a very effective scaring away every rodent and bird that ventured near. My scarecrow was the best one around. I even scared myself when I see it. The neighboring farm was owned by two young men who were brothers named Josh and Harold. They were lazy and never did much work around the farm, which resulted in their crops being bad. They were jealous of the old farmer's success, and they were plotting against him. 
they could drive him out of business, they could take over his farm and make more money. Harold, did you see that old hag's new scarecrow? I sure did. Why does ours not work that well? Do we even have one? So one night, the brothers decided to sneak on to the old farmer's land. They stole his prized scarecrow and brought it back to their own house. They stuffed it into an old chest so nobody would ever find it. Where'd he even put a scarecrow? How about my closet? Good idea. The next day, the farmer woke to find his hideous scarecrow missing and all his crops being eaten by rats and crows. Doggummit, those boys. He fell to his knees and cried, knowing that his farm would be soon be out of business. Meanwhile, the brothers Josh and Harlan were watching from their own property and couldn't help laughing out loud when they saw this old man's tears of grief. Hat, what an idiot. <laughs> Hearing the laughter, the old farmer came over and asked them if they knew what happened to his scarecrow. Boys, you know where my scarecrow is? No, sir. The brothers looked at him right in the eye and said they had no idea where his precious scarecrow might be. But you know I'll go out of business and have to sell my farm if I can't find my scarecrow, said the farmer. Josh just laughed in his face, saying, That's just your tough luck, isn't it? Sucks to be you, giggled Harold. The old farmer walked slowly back to his house, his head hanging down in defeat and depression. I can't lose my farm. That night, Josh and Harold had trouble sleeping. Not because they felt any remorse, but because they couldn't get the image of that scarecrow's horrible, twisted face out of their minds. They decided that they would never be able to sleep as long as that ugly pumpkin head was in their house. So they got up and dragged the scarecrow out of the closet. Josh, you awake? Yes, Harold. I can't get out of my head. We need to move that scarecrow. Harold took a baseball bat and smashed the scarecrow's head into pieces until all that was all that was left were little bits of pumpkin strewn around the floor. Good, I can sleep now. The brothers swept up the pumpkin head pieces and threw them into the trash. Then they went back to bed, where they soon fast asleep. Having put all thoughts of the disturbing scarecrow face out of their head, sometime after midnight, Josh and Harold were awoken by the sounds of scratching and clawing on their bedroom door. Did you forget to put the dog out? Asked Harold sleepily. We don't have a dog, stammered Josh. Suddenly... The bedroom door burst open, and a solitary long straw arm snaked in through the opening. The second arm thrashed around, followed by two long stick legs. The two brothers were frozen in fear and could only look with horrors at the headless scarecrow's body rose up as long stick legs and long arms reached out for them. In the darkness, Harold felt a cold, sinuous straw claw close around his ankle and screamed as loud as he could. He begged his brother Josh to help him, but Josh was already running out the bedroom, fleeing in terror. He ran down the hallway, crashed through the front door onto the moonlit road. Josh, Josh, help me. He ran as fast as his legs could carry him, puffing and panting and screaming at the top of his voice. He was passed through his neighbor's house. He saw the old farmer standing at his gate in the moonlight. He could see the farmer just staring at him with a strange smile on his face. <laughs> Some kids never learn. Josh kept running, his bare feet slapping against the rough gravel road. He glanced back over his shoulder and saw something that scared him to his very soul. He saw the scarecrow running along the road close behind him. It was gaining on him, coming closer and closer, and that wasn't all he saw. Who's there? Harold, what do you want? He noticed that the scarecrow had a brand new head. And it looked a lot like Harold. 
We hope you enjoyed our voice acting interpretation of the Scarecrow. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of We the Young People. Subscribe and follow us on Instagram at SouthPods. Why, why did the can crusher quit his job? Why? Because it was soda pressing. <laughs> what kind of pants does Mario wear? What? Denim, denim, denim. What kind of shoes do chickens wear? What? Reebok, bok, bok, bok. Why are there no knock-knock jokes in America? Why? Why is that? Because everyone knows freedom rings. <laughs> What's Harry Potter's favorite method of going down a hill? What? Well. Walking. JK rolling. <laughs> what is the pirate's favorite element? What? what? Argon.